Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another mobile episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are on the road again. We are. It's been a while since we've done a road episode. And, you know, everyone always loves hearing the sounds of the wind whistling past well, the car. I think they like the blinker. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> blinker, the, oh, shit, we passed this exit. Yes. All the other things that go on whenever we have our click, 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 road click, episodes. Click. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're hightailing it down I-10 back from San Antonio uh, through back to Houston. Had a really good barbecue run Speaking today. Speaking of road trips, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had a really, really fun road trip today. Shout out to our buddy Terry Osborne. We got to hang out with Terry for the hey, first Terry. time in way too long. Yeah, long time. Um, but uh, but it was cool to, to get to try some San Antonio barbecue we haven't had yet. Try some Houston barbecue that's now in San Antonio. It's It was a really varied and fun trip today. Yeah, and I mean, you know, starting at the one of the most absolute classics which is smitty's yes well well let's start at the beginning of the barbecue joint we did meet at um just so we can make the <laughs> listeners aware since we were not aware uh, yes the old school joints one of the issues can be they don't most of them are not very active on social media or have websites that they update but uh just to let you know city market in luling texas one of our favorite little stops for sausage and ribs uh, they used to be open about 7 in the morning every every day, or at least on the weekends. And so it was one of our favorite first stops to hit on a barbecue run, which is exactly what we plan to do today. And uh, we got there at about 9.15, and they were not open. Nope, they were not. And so, wah, 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 wah. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. And because they don't have a big social media presence, meaning they have none, um, you know, we did check a little bit too late, but we checked Google and it did say they were closed at that current time. We checked time. as we were in front yeah, of the yeah. closed restaurant. Trying to figure out, like, <laughs> as for some reason we didn't believe the sign or something. Um, but, you know, it. so it's always important uh, to plan and to double check, even though just because last time, and, and this could be because of COVID and reopening since COVID, we don't know, but um, hopefully it's not a long-term thing because we really enjoy that, um, that, that ability to get to some spots very early in the morning. Uh, because it allows us to, to hit multiple spots um, without trying to rush within that 11 to 1 p.m. time frame that's critical. Yeah, and it, like you said, it was it was our mistake on that end for not double-checking. Just we, we were so used to them being open those hours that we didn't check. But anyway, not the biggest deal in the world because luckily it's only about 15 minutes from Luling over to Lockhart, which is where we had our next stop, uh, or our first stop, essentially. Um, good old Smitty's, which does still open very early in the morning. Um, but don't all they don't always have all of their meats ready. Um, if you go earlier, depending on what's going on that day, they might not have everything ready, and that was the case today. Uh, the only thing that was ready was sausage, which is perfectly fine with us because we love to get sausage links from Smitty's. And and we did, and it was the same sausage we always get from Smitty's, and it was the same quality. And I mean, it's just I, I just I love those little C rings. Um, we did not ask for a sleeve of crackers or anything this time. Um, just a, a quick in and out and uh, sausage is it um, but it was great to go we love that we love exactly that experience and we'll touch on experience later um, you know sides there are that's the quintessential Texas barbecue from history where you they did not focus on sides and there's a lot of reasons why we won't go into that but we'll touch on sides a little bit as well from, yeah 
from there, you know, I, are we going to just list everything? Yeah, we we'll list just... everything. We'll go okay. through them quick okay. and get sure. to get to the you know meat and the topics of this uh, this episode. But yep. yeah, start two is was directly into San Antonio, um, and a new place that we you know we've had around for a while. There are guys that if you're into the barbecue world, you've you've known about them for a while, and that's a uh, Reese Brothers Barbecue. They were cooking over at Brick Vault Brewery in Marathon, Texas, uh, for quite a while, and now have ventured uh, back further east to San Antonio and are starting, I believe the plan is to, to have a food trailer in the near future. Um, for now, they're doing pop-ups in San Antonio, and we got to got a chance to get over to their pop-up today and uh, had, some, had some really good barbecue from those guys. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a little chilly for me and uh, windy. Nothing to do with the barbecue, but um, getting in there was really interesting, um, really impressed. I mean, these guys are off to a great start in San Antonio, and it's really the San Antonio scene is getting pretty exciting right now. Um, yeah, know. it's starting to grow. It, it, it was a little behind the Austin and, and Houston growth and then the current uh, Dallas and Fort Worth growth, but it's it's really starting to pick up and, and Reese Brothers is hopefully gonna be another really good addition to, uh, to that area. Next up, a uh, place that we've, uh, again, been wanting to get to because we've heard so much about and we're familiar with the barbecue and the people behind it. And that's a Pinkerton, Pinkerton's Barbecue, which of course, if you're familiar with the Houston location, that's uh, been in the Heights area of Houston for five years now almost, um, has recently opened a San Antonio location, and it is a showstopper of a building. I, I, I'm still stunned. Um, the, they, they have an entire city block, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's an entire city block. It's a massive location with a patio next to a park where there are benches. And I mean, it's just an incredible building, you know, and surrounding area. The pit room is really nice. It's uh, it was so impressive what they've built out there right smack in the middle of San Antonio. And, and it, uh, it's and, that same, you know, it, it, what's great is the buildings from the ground up, but it fits extremely well within the environment. Yeah, the Grant really nailed the aesthetic there. I mean, just a great job, a great bourbon selection there. Uh, we, we did indulge in a couple of really good pours there today. The, this is uh, the part oh, where we talk about bourbon. That's right. Yeah, we had some good ones today, guys. Uh, we did the Old Rip, uh, the 10-year Van Winkle. We did the 2017 Birthday Bourbon um, because, and we can, we can say it, because this episode is probably going to air pretty close to it. Uh, this is the fourth birthday of our podcast, and we've been doing this for four, four lo- years. Four long years wow. now. Um, Vote for us next year. <laughs> yeah, so four more years. Can, can we do this for four more no, years? No. We, 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 we might die. We can't afford it. We can't afford yeah. it, and, and our hearts may just give the hell out. But, uh, but yeah, four years we've been doing this, guys. It's pretty pretty crazy ride. But, yes, uh, back, back to Pinkerton. The quality of the barbecue is the same as you'd expect in the Houston location, and just in a in a humongous building um, with a just gorgeous just a beautiful patio. Building. Oh, it's yeah, just, just beautiful. The whole like, if you work in the industry, get to Pinkerton's to see and experience how he's done that building and set it up. And if you don't work in the industry, get to Pinkerton's. Yeah, it was it was really impressive, really really impressive. Uh, just so you guys know, be on the lookout when you go there. Um, it, because it is in downtown San Antonio, uh, there is there is free parking, but you have to be on the lookout for it. Um, and it's the parking lot just a you know block away from Pinkerton's, and they validate the parking to where you're not actually paying for parking. So don't don't get intimidated by having to go to a downtown and pay for parking. You do not have to there. Uh, it does get validated. So so just be aware of that and, and look out for it. Um, next up was a place 
course, we've been to several times and had to get back to because you can't go to San Antonio and not go here, and that, of course, is 2M Smokehouse. And, and 2M really elevated the scene in San Antonio. Um, you know, there were there were restaurants before, there were barbecue joints before, there were good barbecue joints before, um, but Esol, Dusty, and team, I mean, when they came in, they really elevated the quality of the barbecue. Um, but it was difficult because there was not many others. And so that's why we said earlier that, that we're excited about the scene growing, but it, it, 2M has been there for a, a little while now. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and it's the same phenomenal food we have every time. I mean, it's, it's just magical place. Yeah, yeah. They're putting out top-tier stuff there and have been for several years now. And uh, j just to give you guys a heads up, they are still, as of the time of recording this, they are still in a curbside and to-go only model. I know they are looking into opening up, hopefully in the near future. Uh, I think, uh, hopefully they'll be able to keep the to-go and curbside as well as the dine-in. I, I know they'd like to, so hopefully they're able to do that. I know uh, SOL and Joe have been working really hard to try to, to try to get everything ready for reopening. So hopefully by the time this airs, that will have happened or will be on the horizon. Um, but for now, you can still do a pre-order and uh, and get some great 2M Smokehouse Barbecue. Uh, from there, we went to a place that we've been trying to get to for quite a while. Yeah, and um, quite a while is like six months. But, uh, right. But yeah, but we've been trying to as get As long there. as we've been hearing about them, yes. we were like, oh, we need to get there, and finally we made and, it happen. And we've been following Ernest Cervantes for quite some time. Um, he has opened up a restaurant, um, and it is called Burnt Bean Company. It's in Seguin, Texas, and... It's another one that you need to really get to, um, both for the barbecue and for the setting and just what, what they're bringing to the scene of Seguin, Texas. Yeah, a really fun place. Really, really enjoyed our visit there, enjoyed our meal there. Um, just excited to see more barbecue opening up, you know, west towards the, you know, towards the San Antonio area. So, uh, yeah, really good run today. And it's funny, guys, you know, we're getting into this time in barbecue that for those of us that have been around this for as many years as Brian and I have, this is always the time where you start to hear all the chatter and everyone you talk to within the industry is at least it's, it's at least in the back of their mind. And we're talk we're asked about it almost everywhere we go and talk to people. It's the biggest event in barbecue. It is every four years, speaking and, of four years. And we're talking about the Texas monthly barbecue list. The top 50 list that uh, comes out every four-ish years um, it's it's a big deal and I know that some people rail against lists and you know you shouldn't rank things and everyone gets a participation trophy and let's all live in a nice fair world but somebody has to make a list and Texas Monthly is one of the best at it it's one of the mm -hmm. most respected and it's and it's an incredibly tough thing for them to do because there's a lot of places that are really good and you know, you may have multiple experiences, is and it has to be consistent. And one bad experience can throw somebody off the list. Right, and and if you want to criticize those, you know, little BS websites that do the aggregator lists of, you know, where the people have never actually eaten any of the barbecue they're putting on the list. Yeah, yeah th those are garbage. You can throw those out any day. But Texas Monthly does hours and hours and miles and miles and dollars and dollars of research into their list this is not a list slapped together by somebody that you know went on instagram and said this place looks popular that there are people on the road for weeks at a time spending and, and it's not a list that's voted on by readers or um, some kind of web survey or anything like that which which is also 
has a lot of, of catches to white. They're, those are not valid. Too. Right. Now, does that yeah. mean we agree with every single ranking they have? Of course not. Nobody should agree uh, with everything everybody does. We don't agree with each other. Uh, yeah. Uh, and abso- that's okay. Uh, absolutely. And, and again, it's always going to be someone's opinion, so you're never going to agree with all of it, and that's perfectly fine. But... To say that you, no one should do a list, I just I don't agree with it. I have no problem with the list as long as it's done by informed people that are putting in the time and the hours and the research. I have zero issue with it, even if I don't necessarily agree with all of the outcome of that list. But uh, but it is. It's something that's brought up time and time again. We're asked about it constantly, and we talk about it constantly. It's, it's you know it's fun for us to speculate on all that stuff between each other, and you know what's this place going to do, or what do you think this place's chances are, and. What's going to be in the top ten? What's it's going like, to? It's like it's like the the fantasy football of barbecue for us. Right, you know? right. It is. It's we nerd out on it. It's fun for us to to have those little debates, and it's fun for a lot of the barbecue fans that we talk to, and people in the industry have fun with it too. They don't just talk about their places. They're they're asking like, oh, but well, what do you think about this place? This place is really good, or do you think this place will will stay this high on the list? And like all of those things. So. For those of us that have a real passion for this and really enjoy it, it is fun for us. And so if you want to rain our parade, you know, just switch the channel. There's other podcasts for you to listen to. There you go. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, we, we did some listener surveys. Speaking of surveys, but we did some listener surveys to kind of ask some of the aspects that we, we think about as well that we internally debate quite a bit. Um, there's three primary questions, and we'll kind of hit each of those, but I'll, get a, I'll list them first. Um, one of those is... When you consider which barbecue joints are your favorites, what role does brisket play in forming your opinion versus the other meats each place serves? Is it mostly just about the brisket or do the other meats? This is specific to meats. So as an example, sausage is an easy one. Um, and other non, non-Texas Trinity meats outside of sausage. But you know, if, if it's house-made sausage versus regular sausage and it's a phenomenal sausage, is that gonna be better if their brisket's slightly lower if they do a meat that's not not a Texas Trinity, um, right. some examples like whole hog or what else would oh, make some good. I mean, here. they could even be specials. Like, I, and again, this is all what you consider. And right. so, for you know, asking me what I consider, I consider any meat that's regularly on your menu, and I consider any meat that's a regular special for you. Not not something you might make once every six months when the media comes by, but I'm talking about something that I can regularly recommend to somebody. Like, oh. Yeah, once a month or at least once you know, once a week or at least once a month, this place does X and you should go there because it's really good. Whether that's like I said, a special they do every Wednesday or a special they do the last Sunday of every month, like the Sunday barbacoa at two M, which you you know you can count on like clockwork they're going to do on that specific day of the month. I consider those. You know, that's that's part of what I factor in when I think about how I would rate these places. Right, and and it's the same thing, I mean for me, you know, you've got brisket brisket ribs and sausage and, and like yeah, like we said I mean even within sausage you could have house made or commercial and then beyond that you can have uh, people are doing porch steaks as specials people are doing different types of ribs as specials yeah oh, tacos I mean there's all sorts of specials in barbecue right now and they're you know and so many of them are so good that yes I mean how do you compare a beef rib to a taco to a pork steak. I'm not saying those are apples to well, apples comparisons. And, and there you go, beef rib. I mean, not every restaurant serving beef ribs. And so, you know, if one restaurant does, and but brisket is your primary factor, how, how does the beef rib come into play? Where, right. where does how much of a difference does it make? Right. I, you know, I would say you know, 
back in the 2013 list, it was a lot easier because there wasn't a lot of this stuff around, the, the specials and the extra meats and stuff. Nobody was making pastrami. Oh, uh, right. In 2017, it got a little more difficult because you had more growth and expansion of menus. And I think this, this list that's coming out in 2021 is going to be, uh, to me, if you're asking my opinion and how I would personally do it, like I don't think you could just factor in brisket, or and and or I don't think brisket should be so so heavily weighted that someone can serve great brisket and mediocre everything else and still be like one of the top joints. I think you have to have a stronger roster of meats now. Just my personal opinion. And, and you get into that discussion of even if you served three meats, if you served the Texas Trinity and they were all strong, but somebody else served the Texas Trinity plus three more meats that were also phenomenal. Does, does that help? Uh, right. I mean, you know, right. how much? How many more points do you get um, beyond just the Texas Trinity? Right. Because and Texas barbecue right now is beyond the Texas Trinity. It really is. I mean, there, there's no denying. And don't get me wrong. We are, in a lot of ways, we are traditionalists on a lot of factors. There are certain things that we, we roll our eyes at in the barbecue world, you know, that we just don't get behind and then certain gimmicks or trends that we just don't like. But we also appreciate creativity when it's done in a thoughtful way and in a you know in a real way it's not just throwing some stuff on a wall because it looks good on Instagram but like true creative menus we we celebrate them we enjoy them and then we also enjoy the staple items too absolutely so let's talk about other staple right. items right one of the other question oh what, what were the poll results let's, let's everyone know specifically knows. poll results so um, interestingly yeah. enough for the meats um, brisket primarily was 34 percent and the other meats too was 66%. So basically two thirds yeah, believe that the other meats should be part of that, that consideration. We agree with two thirds of you. Yes. Um, the next one uh, outside of meats is sides. So how big of an of a important factor do the sides matter? And again, years ago, most people, you know, there was always some places, right? Um, Opie's back in, starting back in like 99, was doing a lot of different sides. Um, Mickleway, there's other restaurants that have been doing sides and creative sides, but it became more the norm rather than the exception. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely grown. Uh, again, it grew a lot from 2013 to 2017, and it's grown exponentially more from 2017 to 2021. And sides are part of barbecue now, you know, I, they really are. There were days and plenty of road trips that Brian and I went on where there might have been, we might have gone to eight places and there might have been one place where we ordered some sides. Yeah. You know, but those days are gone. We ordered sides everywhere but Smitty's today. You know, but we ordered sides at four of the five places we went to today. Multiple sides. And, and we could have ordered more. Right. There was, there was yeah, other we, sides we really had to consider. Right. We order. just have to pace ourselves because yeah. we can only eat so much. But it's part of barbecue now. And it's, it's nice to have that full meal experience. And so I personally think that sides should play a factor in deciding these rankings because as a customer I think it speaks for themselves let's put it this way these joints wouldn't be going through all the trouble of making these sides if their customers weren't buying and enjoying them and and when we say sides we're not even saying condiments like pickles or desserts right we're just really focused on right the primary you know the primary veggies and and potatoes type slide sides I mean it's it's amazing because then you add in desserts and you add in the condiments and, and you get this really wide variety of, of flavors and combinations. I mean, we had, you know, we're not knocking places that are doing commercial pickles, 
um, especially places that are doing like Texas Pickle Company pickles. There's really good. Right to me, that's pickles. not a commercial pickle. That's right. like a you know that's an artisan pickle. Absolutely. But but yeah, the the grocery store jarred pickle. I, it was. It, I mean, some say it's a tradition, and it was for a long time. That's what you would have at the meat market with your barbecue. But it's just. There are so many craft barbecue joints now that are making their own pickles and or serving a locally made or artisan pickle that it's a it's so strange now. To it's eat. a shock. It really it, it like, is. You bite into that, um, and, and again, we, we grew up and ate tons of these pickles, but you know, you bite into like deli made pickle and it's like it's like, wow, this is completely different than the pickles I've been eating for right. the last month. Uh, uh, to me, it's almost like eating old school brisket and then going eating craft brisket. Like it's a different product. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's the same ingredients, but it's treated in such a different way that the flavor and the experience is much different. So, so yeah, the, you factor those things in. And I'm not saying a joint that has great pickles should rate higher than a joint that doesn't have great pickles. But when you start to split hairs on some of these places that are doing such great stuff, like those are those are the sorts of things that that's, that separate some places. Are, are the really good sides or really creative desserts and. You know, those types of things really make a meal a complete meal and a complete experience. Yeah, you know, and and just the variety of sides, how many. Because it's the same thing we talked about a little bit with the meats, though, is if you've got two restaurants that are doing equally great meats, how much does the side elevate the overall, you know, your ranking, right? Is is a, It's not going to overcome bad primary meats. Right, of course. Yeah. But, but if you've got a place that's doing... You know, Cisco level meats or average level. I mean, Cisco level sides or average level sides, and you've got a place that's doing equal meats but doing craft sides. It's got to rate higher. It's got to. Yeah. Well, and and I think a lot of this has to do with trained chefs coming into barbecue in these last several years that have really brought such a different approach to creating and crafting a menu that you're seeing stuff like that. I mean, the, the, just the roster of sides at places like, like a Killens or like Fiji's barbecue, you know, or Leroy and Lewis or Cadillac. And, and I mean, there's just so many places that are doing not just your standard sides. I mean, and, and there are places that are doing the standard sides, but doing them in such a more thoughtful way, rather than I'm going to boil these potatoes. I'm going to throw some mustard or some mayonnaise on them. And there's your potato salad. There are places that are doing that are making the mayonnaise that go into the potato salad. Yeah. And I'm like not saying Goldies, you have to go yeah. that far. Yeah, yeah Goldie's yeah. is making the mayonnaise that goes in their potato salad. I'm not saying you have to go all those routes, but those are the things that, again, when you start talking about the best of the best of the best, it's those little details that really matter to me. And, and, you just, and, it, and it really does enhance the experience, the overall flavors, your enjoyment of the meal. And, and as you mentioned, they're not, they're not doing that because they're bored. They're doing that number one because the competition level is so high. There's so many great places to go eat at now. There was, in 2017, there was far fewer great quality barbecue joints than there are today. And in 2013, there was even fewer. There's, yep. there's been this renaissance and elevation of barbecue that's been on a run for at least 13, 14 years now. Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously started at Franklin Barbecue. That was you know, the, the really beginnings of it. And it's just grown from there. And it's just continued to evolve into this culinary experience. You know, and, and like again, some people may say, that's not what I want from a barbecue joint. And that's why these lists are about opinions. These are our personal opinions on them. You can agree or disagree, and that's fine. Um, but, but to a lot of people, they're a factor. Uh, what was the side 
poll outcome on that one, Brian. And, and this one was pretty surprising. So if sides as a key part of your meal, 81%. And just said they are a key part of it. They meal. are a key part, and 19% for, you know, meats, meats are what I care about. Well, and not, that's a big shift, I think. I don't think that. I think over the years that number oh, has I, shifted. I agree. I think if yeah, if we had asked that question four years ago, I don't think it would have been anywhere near that much of a majority towards that side. So, so we talked about kind of the the meats and the sides adding to the experience. Let's talk about the experience factor. Um, and when we talk about experience, we really mean multiple things. And so, to me, experience means that you. You're, you, you have a certain joy, you have a certain desire to go, and it's memorable when you go. Experience can be everything from historical value to the length of the line, to the courtesy of the service, you know, you know to parking. Um, for me, I have to say it, Andrew, the bathroom, okay? I mean, you know, if you've got a porta potty or a septic system and I have to go, okay, I, that's a factor to me. It is. Brian it, has old man bladder. No, there's a reason why Bucky's <laughs> is so popular. It's, and it's not because it's just giant. It's because Bucky's has many clean bathrooms. Right. Well, and, and also another thing that I would factor into experience is something we've talked about plenty of times and people on our show talked about the plating of the food. You know, that factors into the experience too. You know, the whole eat you with your eyes thing, you know, it, it factors in, you know, how, how that food is treated and prepared. It, it definitely does it can add to your experience if you get this beautiful tray of food. So there are a lot of things that, that make up what a barbecue experience is to us. And, and like we said, I mean, exact same items, and now let's say the exact same sides, um, everything, all the meats, everything's the exact same, but you go to one place, it's easy to park, it's a short line, and the service is very fast. You go to another place, you have to stand outside in line, it takes hours, and and the service isn't fast. That, that changes your experience. It does. Right? No, it absolutely does. And now, and again, like you gave that example, I think is a really good example. We're not talking about a place that serves a 99 out of 100 in terms of the quality of the food versus a place that serves a 70 but has good service. Obviously, we still want great food. But when you are talking about very similar places, those are the things that are, for lack of a better term, tiebreakers. You know, when you're start, do I, do I think the experience should count as much as the meat? No, I don't. But do I think it should have a solid factor? Yeah, I think it does have a solid factor into how I would rate a barbecue joint. And the other thing about experience factor is historical experience. So the reason why we started to get down that path is if you compared, and we're not going to name names of a particular joint because we, we always bring them up, but let's say you go to a place that has a fantastic spread of food from beginning to end. They're doing multiple meats. Their sides are all delicious from scratch. They got a great short line, service is fast. Um, how do you compare that to some of the classic barbecue joints that still focus only on the primary things and no sides? Right. Like it's not fair because I, I have just as much joy and desire to go to some places like Smitty's is a perfect example. A great example. You know, where I, I love going to Smitty's. And I don't think it's fair, um, you know, and, and whether it's Smitty's, Kreitz, Black's, Louis Miller, um, Luling, Salt Lick, even Southside, you know, Southside is not quite so historical because they had to move buildings. But these places that are, are icons in the business have been there forever. There's a certain 
thing and feeling about going there that I think they should be somewhere on a list. Like, how do you just knock these places off because craft barbecue tastes better? Like, I, well, I mean, well, that's just that. That's to me, that's almost a separate discussion because then it comes down to what is this list for? Is this list to tell me who's serving the best food? Or, you know, or exactly. I mean, it, it's very hard. Who knows? It's yeah. very hard. To, and it really comes down to what your, what your personal thoughts are when you, when you put together these lists. Because, yeah, there is not a building in barbecue that I enjoy walking into more than Smitty's. There's just not. You know, Louis Miller is probably right up there as 1A. But, you know, but that's not, that's not to say that am I willing to accept if Smitty's is serving a... 6 out of 10 and some places serving it I mean whatever rating system you're using on the food and at the same time you know yeah I mean walking into Prousey I, I loved walking or, into Prousey yeah I mean there, there's know? so many and we and again we, we have tried really hard over these four years on the show to highlight those places because we love them so much and because we feel like they do deserve the recognition for what their historical place is in barbecue does that mean that they serve the best barbecue we've ever had? No, it does not mean that. But are and they? We don't want them to change, uh, right? And are <laughs> and are they worthy of your visit because of their historical reference? Yeah, they are. And you, but but that's just it. And we again, we try to do a, a job, good job of highlighting that too. There are certain things we get from certain places, food wise, you know that you know, and certain things we don't get from certain places, food wise. Like I'm not going to recommend the brisket at Smitty's. I just I do not like the brisket at Smitty's. There are other things I like. Probably a Dr. Seuss poem about that. (laughs) You know, there are other things I like, and I have no problem recommending. You know, and that's fine. I don't need to have, I don't need to order the whole Texas Trinity every place I go to. There are certain places I like to get certain things at, and certain places I like to get other things at, and that's. And you can have an amazing time doing the. You know, Luling's only like twenty minutes from from Lockhart, but you can do the Luling, then you can do Smitty's, Blacks, Kreitz and have an amazing barbecue experience. Yep. You know, but it's going to be a different experience than if you go to the top five restaurants that serve the best barbecue meals. Right. And that's okay. Like, what we're trying to get to is, like, it's okay, but now the question really gets to how much of a factor is that overall experience, historical, wait times, service types, you know. If, if I go to a restaurant and it's a trailer, it's not going to be as enjoyable, all other things being equal. It's not going to be as enjoyable as going to a restaurant. But all other things have to be equal, and they're not always. Right, yeah. Well, and like you said, go, go to Lockhart, go to Craig Smitty's and Black's. You're going to have a great time. You go to Austin, you go to Valentina's, Franklin, and Leroy, you're going to have a great time. You're going to have completely different experiences. The food is going to be so much different on those two road trips. And you're going to enjoy them for different reasons. And you should Yes. Do that you should enjoy them for different reasons because that's really what Texas barbecue comes down to. 100%. Is, is a variety of different experiences that you could have. Right. Um, and you should like things for different reasons and not scratch somebody off. But, but now let's kind of circle back. If you had to make a list and you had to rank them, those things have to have some kind of impact. Right. They, they can't have none. Um, so, so that and that's the magic formula that Texas Monthly does. Um, everybody has their own, and that's the the difficulty of making lists. But it's it's why lists are fun. I just I just hope, for better or worse, that you know when the list comes out, I, we we guarantee there's going to be people that aren't going to make the list. That 
either we feel, they feel, somebody else feels like they should have made the list, but you know, there's many, many factors and reasons. Don't get hurt about it. Let's talk about it. And that's, I mean, Andrew and I argue, we argue all the time about how we felt about places and you know, we go back and forth, and sometimes it's just it is what it is, and he's going to be here, and I'm going to be there. Right. And, well, that, and, and yeah. honestly, that's that's why this whole podcast barbecue partnership works because we ha- we come at things from different points of view. Brian's a little more sentimental than I am on on some experience factors. Are you calling me a softie? Uh, well, uh, no, I'm calling myself <laughs> cold blooded. <laughs> I'm just a heartless bastard. You know, and and I'm a little more critical when it comes to certain food items. Like it's just it's just the way we approach things and the way and the way our mindsets are. And I think it helps balance each other out and hopefully helps balance the show out too. You know, if we both had the exact same mindset about everything, it would be boring for us and probably be boring for everyone that listens. We'd probably just go to the same two places over and over. Yeah, again and yeah, talk about yeah. We, we would just go to the same place all the time. And you know, meanwhile, we've been to over forty places this year with plans to go to many, many, many more. And it's because we like to have those different experiences. We like to talk about them. Brian will like a place for a different reason I, than I will, and I'll like a di- other place for a different reason than he will, and that's perfectly fine, guys. And, and we'll never agree, and that's on some of those things, right. points, and it's okay. Right, like, yeah, we, yeah, we had a discussion going back and forth this week of like a list of different things that we that we talked about is from an experience standpoint that we agreed or different, dis- disagreed with, and we and we completely see each other's points and why we feel the way we feel doesn't mean that... Yeah, we're not trying to convince each other yeah. to change. Now, some things are like, oh, yeah, you're right, I forgot about that, or this that, that last time we had this really bad experience. Or some of those, that's okay. We're like, okay, you're right, you know, I'll, I'll move my, my factoring down a little bit. And then other ones were just like, it's, yeah, this it, is how I feel about right, it. Right, yeah. It's just yeah. fine that I'm going to think differently about this place than he does, you know, and, and vice versa. So it's all good, guys. I mean, that's that's what we have fun with. What was the uh, poll result on, on the experience factor, Yeah, Ryan? so this one is interesting, and, and I think it's just kind of how the question was set up. Um, so the I'm not going to read the whole question because it's like a page long here, um, but it's around how much does the overall experience factor into the equation and then I'll skip down to the bottom. Um, is it as important as the food or is the quality of food more important than the experience? And so we, we kind of force people into an either or instead of it, kind of It scale. only gives you two options yeah. on Instagram for a poll question. I wish it gave me more, honestly. Yeah, so, so is experience as important as the food? 48%. Is experience half as important? 52%. So it's kind of split. I think what it means is that most people think experience has some impact right but probably not half and I, and I agree with that because like the example is if you have a mediocre food experience but a great you know either historical or short weight customer service I don't think that should make up all of the points for the food right but maybe half of those points for the food should be made up right and I think you know to, to me and and I think probably to us I could at the end of the day the the what we consider the top tier joints, do all of it well, you know, or all of it as well as they can. Like some of the newer joints, obviously they're not going to have the historical factor of a Smitty's that's been in that building since 1900. You know, they, they just don't have the, the years under their belt yet. But so many of the top places do everything they can to try to give you a good customer service experience or a good plating experience. Uh, you know, if they have a line, the best places try to move it as quickly as they right. can. And, and you know, line's a good example, right? So. Some things are a factor of a, of a restaurant's popularity, 
that they are not in control of. You know, Snows is a good example where the lines are, are the lines because of the popularity. It's not, it's not Snows as being super slow in service. But where we do factor in is, I'll give you an example. When I went to Evie Mays two weeks ago, it was about 30 seconds per person. That's the fastest I've ever seen. Corkscrew we've clocked around a minute before they had to start packing everything into bags. Uh, but Corkscrew was one of the fastest. Well, I've seen other people on social media think that five minutes a, a customer was fast, and it's not. Right. I mean, if, if you're serving five minutes a customer in well, one hour, that's 12 customers. To me, that's building a line by design and or being really terrible at service. Right. You know, that, there's, again, like you said, if you have a line because of popularity, that's one thing, you know, and you control it as best you can and move it as fast as you can. But if you have a line because you are just not producing food at a decent speed, that that's a separate discussion. Experience, sides, other meats all play into the overall experience of your barbecue visit. To us, you know, that experience a ranking choice and it can set one restaurant apart from another. Um, and as we've kind of played around with um, how we think we feel like we feel about restaurants and our own personal experience going to restaurants, it's amazing when we, when we see one that's a little higher or a little lower than another, and we're like, wow, it's because of this, this, and this. Right, you know? yeah, I mean, it's, and it really does, it really does start to come into play when we think about the little details, because barbecue is so good right now. There's so much quality barbecue out there. The little stuff really starts to matter even more. You know, and it's it's a it's a fun problem to have. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where we're at. We're we're still excited about you know seeing what happens with this new list, and you know we're we having so geeked up on this. We because this is the biggest. Like I said, every was, four years, well, it's the biggest event in barbecue. It, it wasn't the reason we launched our show, but our show launched right when the 2017 list came out, and so that was that was really the you know the biggest driving factor is we knew we were going to be on the road summer of 2017. Well, we, we hit all top 50 joints in 100 days. Right. And, and so we knew we were going to be on the road hot and heavy. And we are like, well, you know, we were already talking about barbecue in the car all day long. We might as well see whatever a podcast is and see if we can do that. And you know, here we are four years later still doing that. Yeah. So follow along, listen along over the next uh, episodes this summer. Um, we're going to go visit a lot of places. I bought a brand new car. Um, <laughs> we have our own ideas and our own... Uh, conceptual th thoughts about what we can do and where we can go and uh, some of the things we're going to start bringing along we always try to bring the swag bag if you see us out on the road if you see us eating if you spot us nicely come up to us don't beat the crap out of us um, nicely come up to us talk to us we'll let you dig into the swag bag and grab some cool stuff if you're a barbecue restaurant and you would like to donate to that swag bag um, we certainly welcome that it can be stickers it can be hats it can be shirts whatever you want we're not begging for it uh, but we'd love to be able to give away some of your merchandise. So contact us through DM. Yeah, you can reach us on Instagram at Tales from the Pits, uh, Twitter at BBQ Podcast. You can email us, Tales from the Pits at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us. We're going to have a lot of fun this spring and summer going through all this stuff. We've got a lot of fun things planned for the show, and we can't wait to, you know, to be able to talk about some of that stuff some more. So, yeah, you guys keep tuning in. We're having fun. You know, we're glad to be vaccinated and back out on the road yeah, man. back in action and, and, and doing all of our goofy stuff so again thank you for the last four years of this weird odyssey we've been on um but uh yeah you guys have fun with the list we're gonna have fun with the list let's debate about it if you've got some you know some points you'd like to make to us about your thoughts on it reach out to us on all those platforms and you know we, we love having those discussions so uh 
Thanks, guys. Yep. Catch y'all out on the barbecue trail.